Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. And I'm Missy Lonsinger. And this week, we are here to talk about The Suicide Squad, which is a, uh, not to be confused with Suicide Squad, the 2016 film. This is a film from 2021 that was written and directed by James Gunn and um, is semi-sequel, semi-reboot sort of thing. We'll get into that probably. Um about a group of DC uh, comics villains who have been um, tasked as mercenaries to go and um, <clears throat> basically help in a, in a project to find out uh, something about something called Project Starfish that they don't know about. Um, and so they have to, it's kind of like a, a men on a mission type of film where they send them into this, this jungle to, in the middle of a, a military conflict to, um, invade this lab and, and capture a, a character named the thinker who has the uh, inside scoop on what project starfish is and um yeah the team is harley quinn Bloodsport, peacemaker rick flag king shark and polka dot man oh and rat catcher too and is that it as far as who we follow so well of the I ones that we like mainly follow right. yeah, yeah 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 so that's the core group um but the film starts with this preamble of a different suicide squad um no they're both known as task force x that one is uh savant uh the detachable arm guy oh the, the detachable kid yeah uh boomerang, captain boomerang captain boomerang mm -hmm. Weasel. Uh, Weasel, uh, oh gosh. Uh, uh there's a, there's, Javelin. Um, got the woman. Harley Quinn? It's like an alien woman. No. She's like, we've got red skin. Gollum or it's not Gollum, but it sounded something like that. Mongol. Um, Mongol. Like that. Wow. Wikipedia is not helping me, by the way. <laughs> Clearly, we're well studied on this film. Well, it's okay because the most of them die anyway. Like that's fair. Anyway, they all get murdered, and then we Mongo, go to the Resistance Squad, right? which is Edris Alba and yeah. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Um, gets shot in the face. Pete Davidson is Pete Davidson. Yep, and then he gets shot in the face and dies. Uh, yep. So yeah, there's that. There's a preamble that features them, and then we follow the real Suicide Squad that we will be with for the rest of the film. Um, and that's kind of it. Harley Quinn gets kidnapped. Uh, still, Margot Robbie and um has a little bit of an arc within that but there's not there's not a lot going on i think as far as like plot stuff um like the story is real slight i feel like um to it all of this is done under the watchful eye of viola davis's amanda waller who is uh ends up going drunk with power and that's like the basics of it um other than that, most of the plot happens with one, the characters interacting with each other, and two, um, just kind of like a little bit of information that we get that's maybe not already known. Um, but the 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 very very basic of it is they, they get sent into the jungle to find this place so they can find out what Project Starfish is. Project Starfish is a giant cosmic starfish known as Starro, and uh, they have to kill it, and then they do. And now they're the Suicide Squad, and a few of them die in the process. That's it. Um, it's a pretty basic movie. So what did you guys think of The Suicide Squad? Missy, you go first, because I think you liked it the most out of all of us. I think so. This is true. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was very fun. Uh, I I like James Gunn. Uh, it kind of felt like a, <clears throat> excuse me, like a funhouse mirror Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... I can't even say that it's an improvement from the first one because that was probably the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life uh, in a theater. <laughs> um, it, it was so bad. It and and I even as you were saying that the plot is fairly simple, which it is. I think that's because they took a lot of time to kind of flesh out the characters, which is absolutely what they did not do with the first one. I could not have given two shits about any of the characters in it. Um, and I remember in the first one, uh, Inferno was the only one who I thought had a semi-interesting backstory, and you only find out literally minutes before he's, like, gone. And so I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Um, so I don't know. I, I liked I liked the characters a lot. I thought they were fun. I really liked, you know, like, Ratcatcher. I thought that was fun having Taika Waititi in there for a bit. Um, 
it was a it was a little too long because uh, when I was watching it, I remember checking my computer and seeing that there was still an hour left. I was like, dear God, how? Uh, so it was a little too long for my taste, but just a really fun group of character actors. I love Peter Capaldi. Uh, I think he's very funny and I love when he can be used with some humor, although I think he was a little underutilized. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, mostly the characters were better than the ones in the original Suicide Squad. I'll go and give you that. Um, a thousand percent. Better than, than Katana having your back. and God, this is Katana! <laughs> this is Slipknot. Now he's dead. It's just, oh, God. Uh, her soul traps the sword of its victims, etc., etc. Um, no, so I um did not enjoy this that much, to be honest with you. I just kind of felt like it was a movie, and that was about it by the end of it. Um. I think that the big problem for me was I didn't really care that much more about the characters in the original one. Uh, I think the rat catcher character was probably the best one. Idris Elba, I think was an improvement over Will Smith, but the ultimate problem with it for me was I don't really feel like it had a good grasp of its own tone. And I can tell Mm. because I was watching it um, with some other people and the laughs just about died right after that part where uh, Bloodsport and John Cena's character go around the village massacring everybody, and like that was kind of darkly humorous. Uh, but then after that, I we didn't really laugh at too much of anything else in the movie. Like I didn't find anything particularly funny. It just kind of became serious, and I don't really feel like I cared about anything that was happening. It it just kind of lost me around like the one third mark. And uh, huh. that was, to me, the biggest problem with this. It, it, it didn't feel like it was quite a comedy anymore, but it also didn't feel uh, especially dramatic in a way that like I cared about anybody in particular. And I think it was still kind of committing some of the same flaws as the first Suicide Squad movie, where um, like people's backstories or motivations are being revealed like at the very end. I mean, there's kind of a reveal about Ratchcatcher 2 and some other people like kind of the big emotional moment where she's got like this flashback with Taika Watiti and uh, as her dad or whatever. And it just kind of felt like they're trying to go and make you care about people even at the very end when like, if they maybe done some of that legwork earlier, it would have made me cared maybe a little bit more. Uh, And so it it just kind of like didn't really come together for me, unfortunately. And I just, I I felt like I was watching a bunch of cutting room floor B material from James Gunn's better scripts for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, to, to, to echo the words of Meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth, Mike. Like that, it, it's a movie, it's, yeah. which is more than I can say for Suicide Squad. So which you're both like wrong, an film. so that's fine. It, it's like fine, like I... Honestly, I don't know what I'm about to say because I don't remember much about this movie and it's been two weeks since I've seen it. Like I, the movie just kind of evaporated on my brain. Like it was there and it happened and there were people in it and then it was done. I liked Polka Dot Man a lot. Um, I like that guy a lot, David, David Dasnashian or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, He's in The Dark Knight and he's like, He's only got like one scene in the Dark Knight. But he's, he's so like, memorable. He's really memorable. memorable in it. He's yeah. just got a really good face. Um, mm-hmm. I, he was probably my favorite character, and I think that, I think that's what killed the movie for me. Is that huh. there are like four characters in this movie where their superpower is is crazy and good with weapons. Like they're yeah. completely interchangeable characters. But it starts off with like these characters with weird ass powers, like the detachable kid and savant, who's just like kind of smart and like uh weasel, who's just like a creepy looking weasel character. <laughs> and I like, I would have much rather followed those characters for the runtime of this movie than what we got. Like yeah. I thought the characters that we got in this movie were so boring compared to the characters that got killed off as a bit at the beginning of the movie. Like I would much rather see like, the detachable kid bring his deta- his weird detachable arms into uh, the fight than like, I mean, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, uh, Peacemaker, and Rick Flag are all just kind of military people, basically. And so it just, mm-hmm. like, I was just like, well, that's four of the same character when you have, like, such distinct, you know, 
people and characters and creatures, I guess, in the in the the first squad. Like the whole movie, I was just like, I would way rather see follow those characters. Like they were all way more interesting to me outside of Ratcatcher Two, Polka Dot Man, and King Shark. Yep. See, I disagree. Like, I kind of liked that they picked the more, like, innocuous ones. It felt, I don't know, like, it, I mean, because if the feel that they're trying to go through with some of these DC ones is making it a little more gritty and realistic with, like, a James Gunn flair, like, I like that he picked the weird-ass thing, like, the giant stupid starfish and stuff, or or that they put the weird, like, bolts in uh, Peter Capaldi's head. It, it was just, like, I don't know, there was something about it, it was, it was charming to me that the characters were kind of... I don't know, not quite as flashy as like, you know, Captain America or the Hulk or things like that. It just, it felt more real, which I think is what I kind of like about Suicide Squad is that, I mean, they're not heroes. They're just a bunch of like shitty people that are kind of forced into doing something and kind of come together as a team. So I liked it. I think, yeah, I think that (laughs) there's a seed of a good idea in there in that like, what if we make, like, you're not necessarily supposed to root for these people. Like, you're supposed to have like, a little bit of a hard edge to them, right? Like, that's what right. makes them interesting. So, like, doing, like, a Dirty Dozen, like, Black Ops, like, maybe not all above board type of mission with these characters is actually a great idea. And I think, um, you know, having them do that for the majority of the film is really good. I think there's, for me, also, I think that I, well, I know. I wish that I liked James Gunn movies as much as James Gunn likes James Gunn movies because <laughs> yeah. uh, the only James Gunn movie I truly like, really like a lot, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Everything else I can mm. basically take or leave. So, mm. and this feels very James Gunn. Like it feels, you know, um, there are people out there who say like one of the reasons they like Guardians is because it feels like it's someone's idea, and this definitely feels like it's someone's idea. But it's just not someone. And I've seen most of his films, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I do come by the opinion, honestly, where it's just like, I, they're fine. Like, I don't have a problem with a lot of his movies, but like, I don't feel the need to revisit them. I don't find them like the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. Like, huh. he, he knows how to make something functional and he, he knows how to make like some characters that'll maybe stick with you sometimes, but. I, I don't know. Maybe, like, I just don't vibe with what James Gunn does, it seems like. And that, I mean, that could be it. It's obviously, I mean, personal preference because it's art. And so there's going to be different subjective opinions. I, I personally really like it, like from his soundtrack to just the way that he develops the character. Like I, the jokes are kind of right in line with my sense of humor. It's a, a lot of it. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. I would watch it again right now, except for it was pretty long. <laughs> See, I even felt like when it came to the soundtrack, which I think we can all usually universally agree on, James Gunn has good taste. I feel like yeah. it was kind of lacking on this show, too. It was just, mm. like I said before, I just feel like it was like leftovers from some of his other movies. And yeah. um, and also, not just being leftovers, it was also his like edgy shit that wouldn't like fit in a Marvel movie that gets on the cutting room floor, mm. like played up to 11 in this one because it can do an R-rated version of it. And that like also didn't really work for me. I was open to the idea of an R-rated James Gunn movie, but it just like felt really purposelessly edgy and like a, like a 13 year old's version of like, this is cool and badass. And some of it I think is also kind of being done in a joking knowing way, but it, once again, it didn't hit that right tone for me where I felt like it was fully self-aware of how stupid edgy it was being. And it just put me off from the movie. I don't know. It just, I just saw like a lot of things coming and it was like, okay, what's like the most gratuitous way that we could do something. And then, then they would do it. And that just, it didn't work for me, I guess. But you know, once again, it comes down to, I think just a personal preference thing. Is it in line with you or not? Cause I agree with MJ. I think guardians two is his best movie. Okay. And I don't even really get the hype around the first guardians to be honest with you. Same. Um, Ah, but, you guys are so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, yeah, it just, but it, you're it just wrong. Didn't just click. no. <laughs> yeah. Huh, okay. No, I mean, and Guardians 2 is great. I love Guardians 2 as well. Um, I will say, as far as <clears throat> seeing things coming, because, yeah, I, I mean, the self-awareness I actually kind of like. I find that kind of charming as well. But, yeah, there were certain things that it's like, ah, you can see it coming a mile away. And, like, oh, I was so pissed at Polka Dot Man's death. Because like, you could see it from the way they were shooting it. You knew he was about to get fucking squished. And I was just like, damn it. I was, ugh, it was, it was, that was dumb. That to me, that kind of took me out. I was like, this is a stupid death. This seemed like a weird, purposeless joke. 
for a character who was actually really interesting. So that pissed me off a little bit. I, um, so actually, what my, did you like his death? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I actually, cause I, I want, I want more of that character a lot. He was, uh, uh, he was, he was the most interesting character I thought, but I also, once again, biased because I love that guy. Um, but I actually think that for James Gunn's roots, the movie maybe didn't go far enough. Um, because, and that's, that's honestly what I think you, I think you're, you're getting at something that also bothered me, Mike, which is it did feel gratuitous, but it didn't feel gratuitous the way the gratuitous James Gunn stuff feels gratuitous to me. Cause like, you got to understand about one thing you have to understand about James Gunn is that he came out of trauma, which is like toxic Avenger and like, you know, um, uh, Larry Kaufman type stuff. Like it is like, mm. you know, t- toxic Avenger, uh, you know, content warning, I guess like that's a movie that shoots a baby with a shotgun, like in full view of the camera. Like it is th- that that's a trauma movie. And that's like, I don't want to say a staple. I don't think they did that in every one of their movies, but like, that's the kind of shit that Troma was known for. And so that's where James Gunn got his start was making movies in that studio. So to see him come to Warner Brothers and do like R-rated Guardians, it's so like, okay, well, knowing that he came from Troma, you know he's not going to be able to get away with the really edgy stuff that those movies had. So when he does push the envelope of what like a comic book movie would do, it still feels like a half measure to me knowing where he had come from. Yeah, I get it. I think that it makes a certain amount of sense. I just felt like there's a way you do like super comedic ultra violence, and I don't feel like he did that correctly in this. It it was just like, oh, this is just ultra violence. It wasn't yeah. like done in a yes. funny way. Like there's like like that one part where they're inside the lab um, where Starro's being held, and there's like all those guys being experimented on. And there's like this like half like body of this dude who's being like experimented on. It was just like this is gross. Like it wasn't like funny or anything well, I don't like think that. that was supposed to be funny. No, but like, oh, and I, right. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. It was mm-hmm. just like ultra violent. F- and it, was, it just like was off putting. I don't know. It just like for a movie that's being like this, which it's basically supposed to be, I think somewhat funny. It has like some really gross out stuff in it too. And it, it just like, didn't work for me. I feel like you either commit to, doing like the really gross but like it's supposed to be funny stuff or you do just really gross stuff but you can't yeah. like mix the two i mean the movie starts off with pete davidson getting his head like blown off and it's supposed to be kind of funny like <laughs> you know like it happened to him sort of thing but it wasn't like but then you also mix it with like the really horrifying stuff and you're not really sure i think at various points whether to take it seriously or not so it didn't work for me i guess See, I thought I thought there was a nice kind of mix of them both because I thought the beginning was very funny. Uh, I was dying when Nathan Fillion died. It was just a stupid little arm slapping people and then getting blown up or whatever. Um, but no, it's, I mean, because it, it is so gratuitous in the world of comic books. Like if it were to be real like that, it, it would be that violent and disgusting. And we're supposed to see how depraved that, you know, the thinker is and how disgusting he's been and, you know, mm-hmm. be happy that he gets killed. So. I don't know, like for, for me, the, the gratuitous nature of that fit because he's supposed to be a despicable villain. Uh, and then right. with the other stuff, I mean, that's that just seems like that would be an occupational hazard that we don't see in a lot of the Marvel ones because it's so tamed down where it's like, oh, I managed to evade every single bullet and bad thing that's going to happen to me. And it's like, well, I don't think that would actually happen if, you know, superheroes did exist. So right. I don't know. I, I think it kind of worked. And like and the self-awareness, again, kind of made me I, I thought it was funny. Like the beginning at first, I thought was very funny. Yeah, well, um, and, and see, and that's what I think is the difference is like I thought that first third was funny because I felt like it yeah. was balancing that correctly, mm-hmm. and then something happened where it it just kind of went into full serious mode around mm-hmm. like halfway, and it never really recovered for me in terms of actually being funny or hitting that right balance. Huh? I thought there was funny stuff. I I because I really liked the third act. Like I mean, it was stupid, but I thought it was funny when Edris Elba fell through like seventy five different floors. Uh, of the building uh, and just like little stuff like that I, I found amusing <laughs> but I, yeah I mean I guess it wasn't quite as like jokey funny but I don't think that it needed to be at that point so maybe that's why I was a little more okay with it um yeah I think well Mike I think you touched on the most important um sequence for this debate we're having which is the the murder competition between Idris Elba and John Cena right. and uh 
that made me laugh a lot actually yeah. like i really enjoyed that scene which i, yeah, I thought that was funny. great it was great my favorite is when he just like knifed the dude who was sleeping a million times uh i thought that was like a really funny bit and then i really liked the button of it where they were actually like good guy gorilla fighter yeah right. um they just like wantonly murdered them for this dick measuring contest for no reason i thought that was like really funny and like a really cool like inversion of like what we would see in a superhero movie right but mm-hmm. past that like it becomes a very straightforward, not superhero movie necessarily, but it becomes a very straightforward, like, 1970s military action movie. And it was just like, okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, even within that scene, it's it's funny and the button's funny. But then they have, like, the, re- the rebel or guerrilla leader. Uh, she goes and finds out they went and murdered, like, her entire team, basically. And then she just kind of passes it off as like, okay, whatever. And it felt like really jarring to me where it's like, okay, but I know all these other characters are weird and funny and whatever, but like, she's kind of a regular human being person. And she just totally like brushes it off. Like it was mm. a no big deal. It just like, even in that scene alone, it didn't like quite hit the tone. Right. Cause it's like, she's acting in a very inhuman, weird way. And, and she's not like a wacky person. Like the other people are. Yeah. I guess I didn't really think about that, but yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, you think it'd be a little more like, what the fuck? You just killed all my people. Right. So the, this movie actually reminded me a lot of a movie that I liked a lot more and have seen like three or four times. Um, and it's a it's a movie that I would I would recommend over Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad, uh, just because it's, I think it's better and it's a lot shorter. I got like big Overlord vibes from this movie i don't know if you guys saw overlord Mm-mm. yeah yeah i, I kind of get what you're saying um, with, certainly with the plot yeah and what is that uh so it's a bad robot movie um and it's a bad it takes place in world war ii bad robot about this, in jj abrams or like it's a literal robot who goes bad oh no uh bad robot in jj abrams produced okay he's sure. actually the intent was for it to be part of the Cloverfield franchise, but then Cloverfield huh. Paradox, which this is more similar in tone to, and I'll talk about that in a second, came out and uh, sucked and everyone hated it. So they pulled the Cloverfield Association with it and just called it Overlord. But it's about a team who gets dropped, or their plane gets shot down in World War, over a village during World War II, and they have to invade a secret Nazi experiment, and they find out that they've been making like a zombie army in the facility and they have to fight the zombie army um it's very it's actually very similar um as far as the story goes but i love overlord if you haven't like if you take one thing away from this movie or this podcast go see overlord because it's great it's really fun um it's only like 98 minutes or something and um it just i feel like it has a better grasp of like the stuff we're touching on that maybe it doesn't like it really does commit to the body horror elements of it like how like kind of depraved and gross nazis were right Mm -hmm. like i I don't think it's any secret that like there was like really bad medical experimentation that happened on you know people in concentration camps and so yeah this like this puts sort of a fantastical elements on it because it's like an undead army or whatever so it's very like exploitation movie type of vibe which this has as well um, but i just think that movie does a lot of what this is trying to do a lot better hmm. yeah i would agree with that well i can't um, speak to that yeah <laughs> but i think that you're wrong because you guys are wrong about everything did you, did you <laughs> yeah i have and so i feel like it, it is a better version of this um and it, in fact i feel like that um this I, would have been better to me if it just committed one way or another to yeah. being kind of like about gross experiments or whatever, or just being gross versus being funny. It, I mean, I don't want to harp on the tone stuff too much, but that's what I think what ultimately turned me off for the movie. I mean, the other part of it that turned me off was I just didn't really care about anything that was happening when like it was the big reveal that, oh, the team was kind of put together to kind of hide the evidence of all this stuff. It's like, okay, like I didn't really care that a Waller was a crazy power hungry person because they already established that fairly early on in this movie and certainly with the last one. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I guess I agree with that, that it wasn't too groundbreaking. Um, I liked kind of the switch with John Cena, though. I, I, I really liked him in this. I thought he was very fun, and I, I liked that he got a little bit more weight and getting to be, you know, like the uh, bizarro Captain America. Um, but it was, I don't know. I, I didn't really mind it, but <laughs> I don't know. I guess it didn't have to be groundbreaking. So it's, I guess it's just a matter of, like, expectations for what we thought going into it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to go and be amazed or surprised. It's just I, I just found the revelation of certain plot details to mm-hmm. just wash over me. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. throughout most of it, all right, like, okay, for most of it. Because I just wasn't invested in anyone's particular outcome, except maybe Ratcatcher 2, because she seemed like basically a decent person uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> versus everybody else where I was like, okay, well, I don't really care what happens to any of these people certainly like that that harley side plot is just what is that even doing in the movie it's just, yeah it's just a weird random tangent and i will like, agree with like, that i didn't yeah care for that it's just the like, harley it like st- kind of a funny part in it but that's about it the, yeah the, the i'm glad you brought that up the harley stuff in this movie is weird because i think margot robbie's really compelling as a performer and she clearly yeah. was playing the character and i think she's a, she's very good in the film but she's always been very good as harley but yes. it's there's this weird sequel to birds of prey that's kind of happening parallel to mm-hmm. suicide squad and it just doesn't fit like i had a yeah i i had some issues with that too where it was like okay well hang on like i understand that you're trying to car- carry the character from film to film and i think by and large harley has had the best arc over these dc extended universe mm-hmm. uh movies but i think that it's coming at the expense because i think I think that her arc in this movie is actually pretty good as far as like what it means for the character and the direction the sure. character was heading to begin with. But I think it's coming at the expense of the momentum of the Suicide Squad movie and just other time we could be spending like doing other stuff, uh, I, even, I would even with, with her. So, you know, the the I think the 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 actual like beat by beat character stuff is actually pretty good as far as like what they've been building towards over the last few movies, but it just feels really out of place with the rest of the story right yeah, and for, for her to go and be like mourning over rick flag or something like that when they really haven't interacted for about 75 percent of the movie just rang really hollow to me because i didn't really get the sense they were like super good friends in the first movie that they had and then this movie they're separated for most of it so it just siloing her off in her own story just didn't work for me and it didn't work for the interaction of the rest of the cast because it barely felt like she interacted with them yeah yeah, I I agree with what you guys are saying. Cause I, I, I do like um kind of the, you know, girl power empowerment thing that she got from the first Suicide Squad where she was literally just a little girl like moping over Joker the whole time. But yeah, it, it absolutely kind of threw off the momentum of the movie because it's like, what are we doing here? Why why are we stopped and like coming over here to this other side story that has nothing to do? Like the political thing, I think actually could have been just taken out too because it, yeah. it a lot of the political stuff was, I think not, it was kind of half-assed, like it was kind of touched on. Uh, but not enough that it seemed like a compelling plot point for as much as they were trying to make it seem like it was. So I will agree with that. I'll give you guys that and the Harley thing, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. I mean, I the only like funny fun. part it's about a fun movie. The, the, I like one thing about the political part that I liked was like it's like these revolutions they always end up like having like a bunch of people like think they're taking power, but then they actually end up getting killed, and more other people take power, and then they get killed. There's something that's right. kind of like darkly humorous uh, and also historical about that. Sure. But it like didn't really relate to the rest of the movie that the other characters, 75% of them are going through. So it, it, it didn't like really feel cohesive to me. Mm. It seemed like an unnecessary added conflict for something where we already had like a big bad that was going to come at the end and, and everything else. Like we didn't really need that. Yeah. Yeah. It just, the movie just feels so padded. Like it just, mm-hmm. uh, it just feels like there's, there's just stuff in there because it was an idea and then the script never got revised out of that idea. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that's all. And like, even the stuff with Amanda Waller, I didn't like because like Viola Davis looks like she's sleepwalking through this movie until she's not. And it was just like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> like it was, it was really jarring to just have that. Like she switches gears, like, from zero to 60 in like half a second in this movie. And I was just like, what? Like, okay. And it's not that, like, I mean, like you said, we've established her as power hungry before. Like that's the nature of the character, but like she did not look like she wanted to be there for most of the movie. And then all of a sudden she did. 
And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Weird. Her acting choices were were interesting. She did, she looks uh, I like I mean I get kind of trying to go for like I'm I'm so evil that your lives mean nothing and I don't care, but it did come off more bored than like uh, conscious ambivalence towards what's happening. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What well, and she like disappears straight up for a good I feels like thirty or forty minutes of the movie too, and, and by like the time she gets reintroduced again, that's when she goes like hundred fifty miles an hour, like MJ's saying. That's I think part of the reason mm-hmm. why you don't see this gradual kind of descent for her. She's just like a, a switch gets flipped in her acting style because she's been gone so long in the movie. Mm. I did like her little crew people though. It was it reminded me a lot of um, Cabin in the Woods. Where they're kind of like betting on like the monsters and stuff that are going to show up. So they, mm-hmm. I kind of like them. They were fun little side characters. Yeah, that was a fun gag. I like that part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they reminded me of Jurassic World, actually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of. True. Um, yeah. I. This whatever. I. I think the older I get, the more I'm coming to the fact that coming in terms of the fact that outside of Luther, I don't think Idris Elba is that good of an actor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I think he I, attaches himself to crap. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. no, Luther's great though. I, I liked yeah. him in this though. I I mean, it was more than I've liked him in a lot of things that I've seen him in. Uh, since yeah, Luther or probably his cameo on The Office for a few episodes. Yeah, he's just fine. He's gonna be Knuckles, which is gonna be weird. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the Sonic yes. fandom is not what? normal enough to have a sexy guy as the voice of Knuckles. What are we doing? <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Um. I think he's got a really bad agent. I think that's the main problem. <laughs> Fire agent. <laughs> I feel like he could be in better stuff. I thought he was good in this. I didn't have a problem with yeah. him in this. I don't have like uh, a major problem with him in this, but he's just kind of there. Like he doesn't. Yes. Do, he doesn't do a lot. Like. I don't know. I think, I think smarmy and charming is fun. Yeah, that's that's what Idris Elba is good at. He's a handsome guy, so just let him be smarmy and charming. Yeah. Sometimes. I feel like um I feel like uh uh the, the 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 that's actually touching on an underlying problem with the film, which is that the movie doesn't really know who to hang its thematic stuff on. Um it's sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. half asses rat catcher too, but also there's like this weird daddy issues or this weird parent parental issues subplot with um polka dot man as well mm-hmm. um and so it just like it never really picks like a focus like peter quill is the focus of guardians of the galaxy right like it's right it, like it's him in the first film it's him resolving the trauma and grief of losing his mom to cancer and being taken away from earth and then being betrayed by his father figure in yondu um and then in guardians 2 it's him doing essentially the same thing but with his actual father you know ego in with Kurt Russell's character. And so there's like a very like clear one character that that film like hangs its themes on. And in this, I don't know who it is. Like, I can't, I cannot tell you who, and it's not that I need like an ensemble movie, like, uh, uh, oh gosh, there was an ensemble movie semi recently that got the same criticism, but I, I was fine with it because it was an ensemble. I don't remember what it was. Dang it. Uh, Ah oh, man, that would have been a good a, a good analogy. Was it? Um, shit, I, I like, it don't. It's not Army of the Dead, right? Because that's kind of ensemble. But Dave Bautista was clearly the leader of that group. Yeah, no. Um, it was. I mean, semi recently, it might have been the last like five years. Like, oh, okay, not recent. Recently. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was. Anyway, so I don't need like if you're gonna do an ensemble thing it's fine to not have the characters be super fleshed out because the mission is then the point of that. Right. But Mm. this does not seem like that because it's Mm. so long that the mission feels secondary. So it does feel like it wants to do something with the characters, but it's trying like a lot of different stuff with a lot of different characters. And so no one gets the focus of it. And so it's just like, okay, where, what, like pick a lane for any of this to me is how it See, well, I liked I, that, though. I, I thought it was fine that they were all, like, it felt like an ensemble movie, but, like, a character-driven one. So I guess, I mean, we just, are, again, are going to have differences of opinion on it, because I thought that they were more fleshed out. I did like the characters. I thought they got equal time, which was kind of nice. And especially as, like, an actor, like, I, I like character-driven ensemble shows. Um, I think those are the most fun, rather than just having one lead actor. Um, but that's, I, mean, I guess, my personal preference, again, as a performer. Where it's it's I, that's just more fun and interesting for me to watch is to see a lot of people kind of have little interesting stories and so I kind of liked it and that the stupid starfish thing was secondary 
rather than the forefront of it. But again, that's that's my own personal opinion. Yeah, I guess uh, to me, I didn't really feel like I really understood what the character's drama was for most of it. Like, I don't remember mm. Deadshot's or Bloodsport. See, I'm already forgetting uh, mixing them up. His his or forgetting like his issues with his daughter. Did that really ever get like resolved or wrapped up in any satisfactory way? Like, does he really become like a better person or something like that because of her? Did like what? But um, I don't understand like what like. I think so like polka dot man like he goes and sees everybody as like an extension of his mom and his trauma and then he goes and like attacks starro thinking it's the same and then he gets squished like there's all kinds of character beats that like they set up certain things but then i don't feel like they fully go and deliver on uh i mean rat catcher too they have like this kind of like emotional swell of music when they have like her flashback with her dad but I didn't really feel like that was earned because I didn't really know her too well other than like one scene in a bus ride where they were talking. And so for me, like even the character stuff didn't work. I didn't care. I agree with you about the Starro stuff. I think that's kind of like just a, a funny, goofy villain to hang all this other stuff on. But then mm-hmm. you actually have to like deliver on the character beats versus something like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think does have like, okay, there's certain like setups of like Peter Quill and his like issues with his like mom or his dad or whatever or like Gamora and her issues with her sister or Thanos or like all these people like and then you know Drax has issues with like his family being killed but finding like a new family other people and I feel like all those things get resolved in a more satisfactory or at least like easily summable way um, than what happened in this movie and i think mj you're probably thinking of are you thinking of rogue one you're talking about ensemble yeah movies? that's exactly what it was yep. it was um, rogue one got a lot of criticism yep. for not having very good characters but i don't need that because the, the mission was first and foremost in the film so I it was one. very it's very story driven yeah. which i think serves a film like this a lot better hmm. i don't know i i liked it i thought like i knew very distinctly and clearly what all of their motivations were i thought they were compelling uh, more so than again, because you compare it to its its predecessor to the original Suicide Squad, which I didn't know why anybody was doing anything apart from you might get blown up, and so I don't. It was kind of nice. It like kind of fleshed them out a little bit more. Like it made me care a little bit more about them rather than just oh, bad guy scared, his brain gonna blow up. Um, so I don't know. I I, I thought it was kind of clear and distinct and done in a, an okay way, but yeah. I mean, I just go and think of um, King Shark, for example, just being. <laughs> It's like, what, what is he just like a lesser version of Groot, basically? I just feel like every one of those characters in the movie is, it's just like a lesser version of something that James Gunn has done before and better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will agree with that. I, King Shark, he was obviously just there to be a joke, which was, was right. fine. I, it was funny. I laughed at his stuff. Um, yeah, yeah no, so, so, people, so did I. But, yeah. but then, like, it doesn't like quite go all the way with that character in terms of, I don't feel like these characters are a family or anything like that, anything important yeah. to each other by the end of this, the way that Guardians of the Galaxy, well, I might have some problems with the first one. I at least got the sense of like, okay, like they're like a team. They are a family or whatever like kind of <laughs> unit of people you want to describe them with. And I don't feel like this, this feels like a bunch of desperate individuals who mm-hmm. uh, like have to temporarily align their purposes. And then by the end of this, like I could see them all split up again and be with new crazy people who go and die on this like another mission Hmm. i don't know i kind of like the coming together at the end i thought that was kind of cute it was a little schmaltzy but it was it was cute yeah i mean i think i think that the movie did uh ultimately like land on like that they're a team and they're a unit now especially with like the common ground that idris alba has with the rat right like that was was that was good i liked that yeah. yeah, and so I think yeah. that showed kind of the growth of the character over it. But yeah, no, he doesn't go and resolve anything with his daughter directly outside of the fact that, like, he fulfilled his obligation so she won't get prosecuted or whatever. Right, um, which is, like, what he would have done anyway at the start of the movie. So, like, right. there's been, like, no change in terms of, like, his outlook on that, you know? Yeah, not with the daughter, but just, like, with the team and stuff like that. Like, he was... He was kind of a lone wolf, and so maybe that would bleed over into it in a sequel or whatever. But yeah, it doesn't get resolved in this one. Well, okay, no, but doesn't she see him on TV or something? And so yeah, like imply yeah. Well, but that's kind of I feel like that fits his character because he even from the beginning admits that he's a shitty dad. Like he didn't want to be a dad, and he cares enough about her that it is motivating. And you see some growth there that he he has a heart and he's not just like you know a piece of shit that he claims to be, especially towards his kid. And then you kind of see that she gets to have some respect and admiration for him that she never had before. I think it fits. Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was going through the motions of that, but I didn't really feel like. It I think the thing in, is that they're, 
their first interaction is really good and explosive. That's actually yeah. the best mm-hmm. he is in the movie. Um, when they're yelling at each other, that like yeah. putting a layer of like the TV between them feels like well, they like they because they they were so good. Like the emotional the emotionality between the two of them is so good when you first see them that you kind of want that resolved directly person face to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like cheating. I just don't know how you could have done that without shoehorning it, where it's like, oh, now he happens to be back where his daughter is. Let's yeah, like, yeah, without without putting an epilogue in the film, which the film. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I, film is I get what you're long. saying. It's, <laughs> it's definitely not as uh, satisfying, but I think it like did its due diligence at least for that storyline. Like, I, I felt resolved with it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe some of this, like my own opinions of this, are being influenced by the fact that I saw it, you know, with with a couple people. But inside a house, I'm not seeing it inside like a theater with other people. I, I mean, sure. I do think there's something to be said about there's some comedies or comedic aspects that would play better if everyone was laughing in an audience. You know, yeah. if we lived in a different time when we were all watching this in the theater, maybe some of the stuff would have come across better to me. I'm not like discounting some of that. It's, mm-hmm. it's like an underrated aspect of, you know, the theater going experience, which is that when you're experiencing it with other people, it gives you permission structure to go and laugh at stuff that maybe you wouldn't yourself on your own. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good point. Well, I feel like COVID has kind of killed a lot of films because of that, because absolutely. I mean, sometimes watching with a bad audience can kill a movie going experience. Like if people mm-hmm. you know, are talking too much or they're not laughing at places they should or, you know, their mm-hmm. reactions are kind of there. It is. That's definitely tarnished film going experiences for me. And that's kind of been robbed. I mean, right. apart from the fact that we don't get to see it on a big screen, which most of these films were meant to be viewed like that. Um, we're already having that kind of down, you know, a notch. And then the fact that, you know, if you're watching it on your own or just with somebody else, or maybe if the person you're watching it with really isn't having it, then it's like, that can absolutely affect your experience. Yeah. I think that the theater going experience can both be a detriment, but also enhance, you know, a great film. Sure. A good comedic moment or something like that. Um, yeah. Did the, did the people that, uh, that you saw with, did they like it? Like, no, they didn't. Oh, okay. So I watched it with Kristen and she liked it a lot more than mm-hmm. I did. Um, didn't affect me either way. So I don't, I, I, I mean, obviously it's a microcosm. I just watched it with one other person, but sure, one other person I watched it with did really like it. And like, I, I didn't. So, mm-hmm. um, but then again, I, I guess I'm sort of, uh, you know, not necessarily like, I just, I'm probably going to feel that way either way because we do this show like because we do like criticisms semi-professionally and consistently like i feel like we get maybe a little less swayed by that than like i'm just wondering not to like shit on your guys' opinions but like i'm wondering how much of it is just you guys pining for the halcyon days when we could just do that and how much of it is like it would seeing it big with an audience would have really actually affected your opinion either way well, and I, I mean, don't I think, think it's it, like, oh, sorry, go, for yeah, it. go ahead. Okay. I was well, going to say like, I mean, I don't think it would go and like really change it too dramatically. Right. I mean, it might go and it might soften some of my impressions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my criticisms would remain the same. I'm just trying to give the movie yeah. the benefit of the doubt. So I don't seem like I'm shitting on it completely. <laughs> no, so, no, no. And I, mostly. and I don't, I, I don't think you meant this either. I, I, I didn't mean like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so malleable that depending on the people I'm with, that is going yeah. to, you know, like inform it. It's, but it, like, I mean, I've, I've been in, like, I remember watching, you know, Dark Knight for the first time and like the, the tension was palpable. You could tell everybody was yeah. like gasping, you know, when that scene, when they're on the boat, you don't know if they're going to blow each other up or whatever. And it's like, and, and that's just fun. Like it, or like going to like a midnight showing of something and everybody's so rowdy and excited. Like the, it helps hype up the energy as opposed to like sucking it out of the room, which I've definitely been with, with people where they just suck the energy out of the room. And I'm like, well, I'm not even enjoying this. Like, even if it's something that I'll watch again and I'll probably like it, it's like, well, this experience has been, you know, just a little tarnished. So more, yeah. more so the experience I get. Well, like, like with Cats, right? We talked about that. Like, that was such a fun experience with you guys, even though that was one of the shittiest movies I've ever seen. Right, right. right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I go no, by myself, I would have just been pissed. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, and like, you know, one, the biggest example of that probably in my life, Mike, is Hot Rod, which we watched at your house. And that was, I'd seen the movie twice at that point and didn't like it. And then when what? we watched mm-hmm. it at your place, it walked in. Like, I did think it was hilarious at that point. Okay. And I think comedies give that the benefit of the doubt. Two, um, I think I like say hot rods amazing. Uh, it is. Uh, it's so good. The other thing too, like to to do the inverse of that, pop star, which is a movie I think is hilarious, mm-hmm. is a movie that we saw in not a packed house because no one saw that movie for some reason. I didn't see it. 
You should. It's I'm sure I'd like it. I love Lonely Island. Um, but we saw it in a, a not empty theater, and we were the only two people laughing at the movie. <sighs> yeah, right. That's and it yeah. just, I was just like, screw you. I'm not letting you kill my vibe. Like, oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, and that movie is super funny. Like, it's, um, yeah, or like, uh, 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 you know, not to just list off and experiences of that, but like, like Phantom Thread. I don't know if you guys saw Phantom Thread. Oh, I didn't um, like it that much. It's hilarious. And like no one in my theater locked into the really dark comedy that was happening in the movie. And except for once again, me and Kristen, but it's one of those like prestige Oscar movies. So we felt like we couldn't laugh at it, but like the entire last scene, I had to stifle laughter. Like I've never had to stifle laughter in my life because I, it's so funny and no one else thought it was that funny interesting well then i think that kind of like serves the point where it's like i guess when it comes to like sense of humor sometimes that's not always something you can necessarily control so like i i found this film very funny but that just could be because it's my style of humor a little bit more so i mean if you i don't know i feel like if you typically laugh at james gunn stuff and the the shticks that he throws into his films i think that this is a good one to watch i think people would enjoy it but i mean i guess like i know mj you had said when i first texted you guys about it that you're kind of hitting this on him anyway so yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I came away more miss on him after this. Sure. Like, I, I was like 50-50, and now this makes me go and realize, yeah, I probably don't like most of his stuff. Mm. Yeah. And that's fair. Same, probably. It's like, I don't know. It just, it felt like a lot of half measures. Like, it just felt like it just, I don't think he half-assed it. I think there's a clear love for, like, the DC lore and all that with, like, the characters he selected and, like, how he put them in there. And I think he gave them, I think he gave almost all of them really interesting hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do want to appreciate that. Like there's the one thing I can say, like there's, there's really interesting. There's, there's a lot there to make you interested in the characters, but I don't think he fully delivered on a lot of the promise that they showed. Like, um, yeah, we'll get into it. Like Peacemaker. I don't know his deal. Like, I don't, I don't understand what his motivation necessarily was or even like, like it, it sort of felt like a Captain America thing, but that falls apart because if you look at Civil War, like he was in opposition of the government doing the stuff. So like, I I don't know, and I don't know anything about the character in the sh- in the comics to really know like that aspect of it. But like, I don't necessarily understand what he was trying to say through that character thematically, politically, or even necessarily the motivation of like what his like definition of peace was um, i felt I similar i, yeah, I kind of liked it I, I could see the commentary i mean especially for people who don't necessarily like you know um some of the engagements that america's gone into uh you know whether it be vietnam or i mean we literally just pulled out of afghanistan right. like the idea that like we're here to help you and bring peace with guns you know like just <laughs> the kind of natural irony of that so I don't know. I could I could kind of see it. I thought he was interesting um, and a little compelling that it was, you know, beyond anything else. He just needed to, he was so myopic that he just wanted to get, you know, peace and whatever his version of that is. I don't know. I, I, don't, I kind of liked it. I think that that could apply to a lot of a lot of things that have happened throughout history. I get the the intent of this character. I just don't think it was well set up enough in the beginning. So much of this movie, I think, is actually a failure of. Like I like I said before, I liked the beginning, but I actually don't think it did a good job setting up some characters very well in terms of like making me understand what makes them click. And I felt like, for example, him, his character like has that like whole conversation where he's like, I would eat like a bag of you know you know what for freedom or you know for peace oh, or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like, I guess I guess that's supposed to go and set up the fact he's like willing to do anything. Um, but like it was done as like such a forced joke, and that joke goes on so long, um, that like by the end of it like i didn't i didn't really walk away with like oh that really is his main character of motivation i just thought like okay this joke needs to end it wasn't like that funny like enough with the edgy humor about him eating dicks like and that to me is like a a a failure because then by the time the movie gets to the end and that's supposed to be like the crux of his character is saving peace or whatever i didn't really still get where he was coming from like you mj it was like oh okay like yeah i guess he really is that extreme okay <laughs> you know I, I didn't feel like he was well characterized and, or defined enough for me to like 
think that his whole character hinged on that. I, I yeah. expected him to go and betray them mm-hmm. because I just felt like him being equal to Bloodsport was going to result in like he was a dark mirror version of him or something because that's the sure. way he's always set up foils. But it, it didn't feel like motivated by anything besides just yeah. a little plot twist time. But I just looked him up and it's, I kind of now, like, I mean, I guess I agree with you guys a little bit as far as they, they could have done more for motivation. And apparently it's because he has a mental illness because his dad was a commandant uh, of the Nazi party at a concentration camp. And so I'm like, that's kind of interesting. That would have been, you know, something to touch Put on. Put that in there, man. Like, yeah, yeah, that would have been, right. been kind of cool. I mean, I guess like, we can't have too many uh, characters with daddy issues or mommy issues or whatever, but. I don't know. That's that's interesting. The fact that he's you know mentally unwell. I mean, which I mean, was clear. Gives me a basis for like why he's doing the shit he's doing, which I didn't have during the movie. Like, yeah. Like like when he was you know protecting the files or whatever, trying to destroy the files. I was just like, okay, what 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 is this? Like, I know where James Gunn lands politically, right? He's pretty left wing, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And so. I, I guess he's supposed to be this commentary on like alt-right Trumpy stuff, but like it doesn't feel far enough into that to like do that. But also the alt-right Trumpy stuff was about not trusting the government to begin with. So like mm-hmm. I didn't like I felt like I didn't get what that character was supposed to be doing in that moment. Mm. Yeah, I felt similarly. I mean, I think he was more just a comment on U.S. military intervention and in yeah. South America. Sure. But, okay. I mean, like to me, uh, without going like too political with this stuff, it kind of—it it was really bad timing to do this kind of thing. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't mm. the movie's fault, but it's right. like, sure. <laughs> you're like, you're doing—you made this kind of comment at a time when the pulling out of the military has, is leading to massacres in a particular, yeah. well, not or you know, yeah. not massacres yet, but yeah. to at least brutality that's going to sure. happen. Yeah. And then. It kind of reminded me of like a certain amount of tone deafness that happened around the time like Iron Man 3 came out. And I know this is like long forgotten, but it was like that movie was also like, you know, you have like this terrorist kind of guy is portrayed as the bad guy. And then like the twist in the movie is actually it's just like some evil white guy who's the bad guy or something like that. And that movie came out in the exact same weekend, like the Boston Marathon bombing happened. And yeah. It was like. You know, like if you're gonna try to make like your left wing point about something, that like maybe you should be aware that like circumstances might go and like prove you wrong on certain things. Mm. Um, I mean, like I said, it's like not like anyone could have really anticipated this because the movie was delayed, obviously, till this point. But like, if you're gonna make a political statement, um, <laughs> try to make like a a better one. And I just felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere too. It, yeah. Just bring that up in like a kind of funny jokey movie. It's yeah. kind of like how, um, what's his name? The guy who like did the Anchorman movies. Who's gotten like really political now. Um, oh, oh, Adam McKay. McKay. Yeah. yeah. Like where, like if there's that one point, um, in, in Vice? yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's, um, oh, the, the other movie? guys, the, the other guys. Where it, oh. No, no. The other guys where like, it just goes off the rails into like making this political point to the point like where the comedy like actually straight up dies in that movie at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I felt similarly in this and that's saying that you can't make like funny movies that have serious points. Obviously um, we are all part of one that we all made together. Um, <laughs> but like you, you have to like balance it right. And it just didn't hit that right. Like balance to me, but you know, yeah, everyone I, could have different tolerances for that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, and I think the, using you know i mean because he seemed like little captain nationalism or whatever like that's it's such low-hanging fruit i think for people who kind of have that viewpoint that that joke seems a little too easy where it's like oh we get it the super american guy is really like combative and wants to claim he's like peaceful when he's not and stuff like it i will agree with that like i i get it if that's the commentary you're trying to make but it also seems kind of like a lazy commentary that's been done a billion times before like how many times have we seen it just you know, yeah. if it's more left-leaning people, like per, like showing Americans as being just like super aggressive and like uh, ignoring you know common decency and stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, right. Cool. It's it's not like nearly as insightful as these people think that it is. Right, days. right. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is right. So the the film takes place what South America, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that there is a commentary in there about military intervention in Central and South America during the 1980s and the Cold War. But here's the thing. 
we don't really learn about that that often. Like that is not one of the things. So like, I feel like the, the, even the commentary aspect of it is not something that people are super well educated on. Like we're way mm. more educated about like the conflict in Vietnam and the like, and World Middle War II East. and even World War One even, and like conflicts in the Middle East, like that South Central America thing is a really nebulous for a lot of people. Um, yeah, which is interesting, especially given stuff that's been happening in like Venezuela and like Colombia just over the past couple years mm-hmm. like and how tenuous mm-hmm. that situation is down there and how you know whether or not people do think they should get a little more intervention and help because they're just kind of deteriorating but yeah that's true so i feel like it, it that kind of muddled it too rose it was just like how much of the general like audience is really going to be well informed about like military operations in central and south america to really understand like during the reagan era to mm-hmm. really understand like the commentary that he's trying to go for here like and then transmute that to like the Middle East or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just seemed like uh, I don't know if the, like it's 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 almost like what I say like Guillermo del Toro has, where it's just like I feel like I I I, I think James Gunn is a competent filmmaker who loves this art form, and I agree with that. And I feel like he's so. He knows exactly what he wants so much that when he puts it out, he is making the shortcuts in his brain, but not doing it for the audience. Mm-hmm. I think Guillermo del Toro does the same thing. And honestly, if I'm being frank, it's what I would do if I directed a movie, which is why I don't direct movies. <laughs> um, which is like, I know what the idea is and I'm going to get it out, but I'm going to take a, like, I've taken so many shortcuts to get to that point up here that mm-hmm. it may not make sense when I say it. <laughs> And I think that's what James Gunn does. Yeah. And, and when it comes to like the critical reception of this movie, he's telling it to an audience that's already receptive to the point. But I don't feel like like for the average general audience member, he's done his homework to go and get them to that same point. Hmm. Uh, I can again, say that. I feel like we've talked about it a lot, like Parasite does. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Parasite, I think, gets you to what the director's trying to say uh, socially about like a certain condition mm-hmm. and it, it, he brings you to that place versus like basically teleports you to the ending he wants, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I just, I give them credit for doing something, I guess a little different. And this is one thing I can say about DC is that I feel like they're always trying, but oh, yeah. Have, yeah. <laughs> um i just don't i don't usually like what they have to go and put out there um you got but, a lot of moxie kid yeah um i mean look in some ways this, this is like the eternal debate right about um marvel has a very particular formula and, and we also bash that sometimes too mm-hmm. um and that's very bland and it's very samey but mm-hmm. then they go and, and dc goes and does this very different approaches to everything and some is at least a giant disasters but sometimes occasionally it leads to something good which mm-hmm. i can't think of right now i guess shazam which is about it um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um parts of wonder woman credit? yeah 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 that's true yeah um i would say you know i sometimes give more credit to somebody who tries really hard but fails spectacularly than someone who does just safe stuff and i sure. generally by that kind of belief system it depends on how big the spectacular failure is um but the first suicide squad was unforgivable yeah right that's an example of i mean that one like there was no artistic or creative like thing driving that that was purely crash commercialism they literally recut that movie to by trailer guys to (gasps) make it like the trailer and you know ruin it i don't think it would have been good anyway in its original form Mm -hmm. but i think they made it even worse so um that's like one of those instances where I don't even give them the credit for the attempt because the attempt itself was cynical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I mean, obviously I've, I've said that I don't really have much more to say. I appreciate your guys views on it. Um, and it's helped me, I think, turn a little bit more of a critical eye just because I had a lot of fun watching it. And it was more just like, I'm sure if I watched it again, I would probably pick up on more of the stuff I have issues with, but it just was a fun time. But I actually, uh, kind of like going into your point, Mike, I mean, I've been so kind of, bored with a lot of marvel films recently because they are so safe and it is essentially the same film with just a different character's face on each one 
that I I don't know. I really liked it. This is one of this is a superhero movie that I liked and I haven't liked a lot very recently. So I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was kind of a bold, fun, different choice. I like that he picked such like weird ass characters and the stupid big starfish and stuff. Like all all that was just really fun for me. So I guess like more so than it being like a great film, it's a really fun film. So I think I don't know. That's my two cents. Um, yeah, it's whatever. It's just, I think what I would say is if you want a, a, a people on a mission that military mission in an area that resolves in something supernatural story, go watch Overlord. If you want R-rated DC villains, go watch the Harley Quinn cartoon also on HBO Max. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's hilarious. Like, we, I don't know, my wife and I just kind of stumbled upon it. And uh, I didn't know it was going to be, like, an R-rated cartoon. So when we first started it and there was super violent and, like, the Joker said, fuck, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, I heard it was really good. But it's from, really like, a well cast. It has the best cast of any uh, DC thing. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, really great casting, that, like, uh, J- Jason Alexander's in it. Huh. Um, is yep. Mark Hamill still the Joker? No, uh, oh. Alan Tudyk is the Joker. Oh, that's fun. Hmm. Yeah, he's real good. He's yeah. real good. Okay. Um, I can see it. Peter Bader is Batman. Christopher Maloney is this, like, neurotic, like, anxiety, depression, alcoholic, riddled uh, Jim Gordon. And oh, that's fun. He's that's really Christopher good. Maloney. What? Oh, I said just like Christopher Maloney is in real life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ron Funches plays King Shark. It's good. It's a, it's, um, and it's, it's going to give you the sort of like the left wing political commentary, the dirty jokes, this ultra violence, like all that stuff that's in this that I think isn't super well done. Hmm. Easy in that. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Let's give it a watch. Cause I hated the Harley Quinn movie. That was also shit. The actual ones. Um, Birds of Prey? Yes, I did not like it at all. Oh, I had no strong feelings about that whatsoever, aside from the fact that I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead is very pretty. Yeah, she is. And so Robbie. Yes. Uh, oh, and Ewan McGregor was ridiculous in it, and I liked that. I liked, I liked that. I liked that movie because I liked that Ewan McGregor looked like he had fun, and I want Ewan McGregor to have fun. That's fair. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it off podcast. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I hate to go and burst your bubble, but he might not deserve fun. <laughs> oh no. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. He like cheated on his wife with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh no. What? Yeah. yeah. You Mary and McGregor, no. And yeah. And what? Mary. What? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Like they start on Fargo together and um oh, he yeah. started cheating on his wife with Mary Elizabeth oh, Winstead. Oh, that's horrible. And like his daughters like didn't Damn approve. It. They're like well, teenagers yeah. and the, obviously well, that's like the, the Billy Crudup thing, right? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. So I know, not as not as wholesome as you would like uh, him to be. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Damn it. First Billy Crudup, now uh now Ian McGregor. <laughs> yep. Billy Crudup was worse though, because she was seven months pregnant or something. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah she was, she was with uh, Mary Mary Louise Parker from Weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was seven months preg- pregnant, and he left her yeah. for three days. That's horrid. Mm. He's such an interesting guy, too. Anyway, I we're getting. I, good man, I really like Billy Crudup. I, I think yeah, a, I think he's a really underutilized good actor, and now oh, I kind of re- I kind of understand why. But yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Kevin Spacey is a great actor too. It's just nobody's perfect, I guess. They got a bunch of creepy people everywhere. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Don't let me down, Patrick Wilson. Oh, man. <laughs> He's go- Oh, and also, if you didn't know, he starred in the Broadway version of Full Monty, which I'm in the version at the Empty Space. But And he's great. If you haven't heard him sing, he has an incredible voice. He's so Patrick talented. Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, He. Uh, well, he's in Phantom of the Opera, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Well, so underutilized in that. Yeah. He should have like been a Phantom. Doctor. But he sings, in, uh, he sings in The Conjuring, too, and it's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. Beautiful voice. I want him to play Elvis. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, actually, that would not be a bad choice. Yep. He's great. Yep. He does an Elvis impression on The Conjuring 2, and it's it's 
my favorite part of that movie, which is weird because mm-hmm. it's like one of the quieter moments of that film. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, I don't know, it really stuck with me. I really like that moment. It's very sweet. And um, yeah. Anyway, Patrick Wilson's good. That sucks about <laughs> your <laughs> For now. You McGregor yeah. bad. Patrick Wilson good. <laughs> Dang it. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, oh, we have a logo. We have a new logo, everyone. You can see it right now. Uh, it's actually, so it should be, it should be a new logo on everything as well as a new cover photo on social media. Um, shout out to Brian Demarest at Evil Flynn. Uh, is that it? <laughs> well, that's a mouthful. We've done our research. Once again. Uh, yes. At Evil Flynn on Instagram, uh, at Evil Flynn on Twitter. How do you spell Flynn? Uh, F-L-Y-N-N. Like okay. uh, like Flynn's Arcade from uh, Tron. Tron. Oh, see, I was yep. thinking Flynn Rider from Tangled because Disney, yep. obviously. Um, so yeah, at Evil Flynn, if you would like to uh, hire him for your graphic stuff, he does good work. Um, so thanks for that. Now it, the logo should be less confusing on, on iTunes now because it's still the before and after show logo. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. that was interesting. Yeah. Yep. So it should be it should be updated in your feed. We also have um, I don't know which one of these is coming out first, but they should be out the same week. Um, y'all made a short film called Penance. Um, did indeed. And you guys are in it, and I was not involved with it uh, at all. Actually, one of the few uh, projects that we we've we the collective we have done that that I haven't been involved with. So um, to insert myself into that, no to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to promote it, we did an episode of the show where I interviewed, um, which is going to be weird. I think we haven't recorded those yet at the time of this recording, but um, you guys are like my co-host. It's going to be weird just like asking formal questions of you guys, but we did like a small kind of junket type thing where um, I interviewed uh, Mike and Corey Tyndall, uh, who uh, co-wrote the film, and then Corey shot it, and did he edit it too? Yeah, he mm-hmm. um, And then uh, Mike is stars in it and then uh the, so that'll be the first half of that episode and then the second half is going to be an interview with missy and jordan who played supporting roles in the uh short film as well so yeah uh, be on the lookout for that uh you guys have anything else that you want to plug mm, no not really go uh, watch penance on youtube yeah no for sure uh and then also now that theaters are opening back up uh, if you are in the greater bakersfield area um and you don't mind some uh, R-rated comedy, because uh, that's what we've been talking about today, and uh, some butts, some uh, male butts, <laughs> come see The Full Monty at The Empty Space. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really fun. Um, but again, it's definitely rated R. I don't even think we're letting anybody under 18 in to come see it. So if you're yeah so inclined, you all should come watch it, because it'll be good. And I'm in it, and Jordan's in it as well. Cool. Um... Yeah. <laughs> mail butts i don't know i don't know what else to say just come see some mail oh, butts on your phone what missy you should probably look at your phone screen oh i don't want to what did you do i don't see anything yet are you looking at the skype no wait i am i'm on skype but it's not showing me anything oh really yeah wait is Aww. it like a message or something oh no there's there's a lot of LeBron James, Daffy Duck, and Lola Bunny happening. I hate you both. That LeBron one is ridiculous. <laughs> Did so you watch good. it? Space Jam? No, it's it's it's, we, it's emotes. It's Skype emotes oh. of LeBron oh, yeah, James, Daffy Duck, and Lola Bunny, and that's all. Folks. Oh. That's fun. It's a wow. <laughs> it turns you into LeBron James and then he dunks a basketball that shoots likes out. That's stupid. Oh my god. I don't okay. like it. Anyway. Sorry. Uh yeah, until next time, Scott's the <laughs>